We absolutely love Drink Arepa here at Keegan & Company. Not only is this a brain performance drink, but it was designed and tested by neuroscientists in New Zealand made from all natural ingredients. When I was playing professional footy, I was constantly looking for ways to be better physically and mentally. Now, podcasting, study and work, I focus on training, good quality food and sleep, where I prioritise having a bottle of a repper when I want to be switched on mentally. Gives me mental clarity and I just feel like I'm on. Head to drinkatrepper.com and use the bespoke code Keegan25 for 25% discount. That's Keegan25 at drinkarepa.com. Welcome back to the Keegan and Company podcast. For those who are new to the show, my name is Keegan Hipgrave. And guys, if you haven't subscribed already, can I get you to jump over? Give us a little like and subscribe on whatever platform you listen to this podcast on, whether it's Spotify, Apple, YouTube. It lets us grow the audience, uh, grow the production and have some amazing guests like I have on today. Um, (laughs) In this episode, uh, I'm joined by Jack of all trades, um, triple triple coder uh, for Rugby Sevens, AFLW and NRLW. Brookie Walker, how are you? Hey, I'm good, Keegs. How are you? That was a great intro, by the way. The way you just did that, damn. Damn. He's not new here. He's not new here. I I don't get nervous with the piece of cameras anymore, but like when I've got a really good friend like with me or next to me, I'm like... Oh, I don't want to stuff it up, <laughs> or, or or they just take the piss out of me. Yeah, yeah. nah, you did well. well done. How's well the morning done. been? What's been happening? Yeah, the morning's been good. Um, I'm I, a thought te- you, I thought you were going to train this morning. I was supposed to. You told to. me you were going to train this to. morning. I've been a bit sick, right? Yeah, we're, right? We're three weeks into the school year. I'm a teacher yeah. um, on the side. So, no, nah, I just had to bang that sleep, I reckon, and yeah. then go for a run this after our after our fan day. So, yeah. Beautiful. What is it? What does a fan day look like? What's what's happening today? Um, so today we've got um, the boys, the Essendon male male players, are having an open training session, yeah. and then uh, it's an open day because fans can come and hang mm. out, pack a picnic, park up on the hill, Sick. watch a bit of training, and then we all sort of just go around and meet the fans and yeah, whatnot. Beautiful. So just yeah, building those relationships um, for the club. So cool. Um, and just for context, we're, we're going to go into it later, but you, you've played all three codes. Like mm-hmm. you've played rugby sevens, you played AFLW, NRLW, but you're playing AFLW now, um, for the Essendon Bombers, which, yep. which is, which is, which is really cool. And, um, I'm sure, I'm sure we're going to dive into it. Um, but I'm guessing, I'm I'm trying to think of where, where to start this conversation mm. because it, it is a whole story. I'm guessing like growing up, like, yeah. we're, like, Probably a great start is like, yeah, where where did you grow up and, and yep. where did the love of sport kind of kind of kick off from? Yep. So um, I grew up in South Auckland in New Zealand um, and I grew up playing badminton with my dad. Like when I was six, we had a little, we went and played other parents and kids and doubles <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, wild. Yeah. I know, wild. And then, yeah, I had a very active childhood. Um Obviously, being a Kiwi, like All Blacks, massive. Mm-hmm. Even the rugby league scene there, massive. I just like was immersed into into rugby as soon as I knew what it was. Yeah. Um, and like used to go watch my brother play. I wasn't old enough to play, or there were there were no leagues for females at the time. But I used to run up and down the sideline in my gum boots, being like, <laughs> "I want to play. When when do I get to play?" Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's that's where I grew up. Um, that's where my my love of sports started. Just. Mm. Um, mirroring my brother and sister and um, playing playing badminton doubles with my dad. Yeah. So, yeah. And but when did you – when did I guess like rugby league – because your, your family's a, a rugby league background, yeah? yeah? Like your dad yeah. like loves playing rugby yeah. league. Like where 
where did the sort of AFL rugby league come into the mix? Yeah, random that is. Yeah. AFL, I didn't know what it, what the sport was until I was probably about, I'm going to say 20. Really? 20, yeah, okay. I reckon. Um, obviously moved from South Auckland to Christchurch and then made our way to the to the Gold Coast because Dad just had an awesome opportunity with the mines, yeah. um, like lots of Kiwis do. So they were like, yep, let's shift us over to gotcha. over to the Gold Coast and then um, went to Kiribati Park. So a bit of rivalry here. The ten- <laughs> I can feel the tension <laughs> with for, the PBC boy over there, but for, it's cool, it's cool. For those who are listening and don't know the <laughs> for the context, um, on the Gold Coast there's two main rugby league schools. There's Palm Beach Crumbin. There's, and there's number K- one Key Run <laughs> and then there's no, number two Palm Beach don't Crumbin. Don't you dare. <laughs> how, what, 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 was the, what was the side um, – what happened in your year? Because in our year, um, I'm pretty sure Palmy got over Kibra. No, I don't know what I'm pretty sure in our year it was like Jari Arrow and oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, had yeah. a good so who was yeah. in that? Who was in that year? Tamari Martin was in that year? Yep, yep. Um, who else who was else there? Like, JJ Collins, was he there? No, not yet. Um, oh, no, he might have been actually. There was like Guy Hamilton, Guy Hamilton and like. Good crew. Yeah. It's wild. <clears throat> it's wild to see like the amount of crew that have like kicked from Keeper. Hey? Yeah, yeah, and PVC. Like, I'm come on, I'll give yeah, I'll yeah. give a bit of credit yeah, to yeah, PVC. We're very, we're very humble <laughs> over here. <laughs> but what did it look like at Keeper? Like, there was any any female sport, any yep. rugby league happening then? Yep. So when I moved from Christchurch to um, Gold Coast, I was I was enrolled in like a random public school, gotcha. and um, I wasn't enjoying it. I was like, oh, like got no friends. Like they're not really into sport. Mm. So I actually like enrolled myself into Kiba. I was like 14, 15 maybe. And I jumped online and I enrolled myself into Kiba because I was like, nah, I just love rugby. I love sport. I need to be somewhere where I can just get the most out of me in terms of like being motivated to go to school for sport, but also academically as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I enrolled myself into Kiba. Did you tell your parents? Oh, after. Afterwards, after, but not like, beforehand. I was like, Mum, you, you need to drive me to the school. I've, like, got to meet everyone because I've enrolled. And she was like, what? You're so rogue. But anyway, <laughs> it's, it worked out well. Like, yeah. um, well, I don't even know what the initial question was. You're I'm talking, so sorry. You were talking about um, the the female sport oh, um, aspect yep. of Keeper Park. Yep. Yeah, so um, went there because they had uh, a girls' touch academy. Mm. Um, and at the time, like, I was, like, fully into touch. There was no there was no pathway for rugby league, rugby union, so I was just like, yeah, cool, whatever. Like, I'll play the closest sport I can to, to rugby, which was touch. And Keeper Park had a really awesome touch academy, like, mm. in terms of it was within the curriculum. You get about five sessions a week to just, like, do touch and fitness and, like, analyze. Yeah, as a subject. That's yeah, so cool. So I was like, this is so much better than being at a random public school. Like, yeah. so, yeah. Um, so that's how I – that's that's how – it, it started in terms of me understanding where I wanted to go, like, mm. professionally within sport. I was like, okay, touch could be the go. Wasn't too sure what that pathway looked like down the future, but I was like, nah, I just love this game, want to do as much as I can. Yeah. And then towards the back end of my high school, maybe like year 11, 12, yeah. Rugby 7 started coming on the scene, and I was yeah. like, mm, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I see you. <laughs> I was like, mm, okay, okay, I can have a look at this. And then it shortly got announced that Rugby 7s was going to be part of the t- 2016 Olympics, so I was – graduated in 2012 so I was like damn I was like this could be the pathway to professionalism for me as a female in sport that's so cool because growing up like you you can only visualize what you see and I don't know and tell me if I'm speaking out of turn but I can't imagine that there was too many pathways for like female sport right like there was no NRLW at the time there's no AFLW time like the Olympic sevens are just coming into the mix so did you ever like think that you could be a professional athlete growing up 
Or was it not an option? No, no, it wasn't even on the cards. Like I was at that point when I was growing up, I was just chasing the love of the game. And then yeah. professionalism was like an added bonus when I started to work out. Rugby sevens, like potentially a pathway for this. And, yeah, I was just all in. As soon as I realised that, I was like, yep, we're doing this. And um, how did that how did those conversations like come about? Because I remember I spoke to Amber, our good friend yeah, yeah, Amber, yeah. before yeah. these conversations. I like I like catching up with um, friends and family before doing a podcast. Yeah. And, and oh, Amber's the best, and she had so she many. Is she, the best. she is the best, <laughs> and she had so many fun things to tell um, to say about you. <laughs> some, will, some will keep off air. No, no. <laughs> but she was just like. Um, she was telling me a story, and you can probably clarify me if I'm if I'm straight. But it was pretty much just like um, it was year twelve when you guys were talking about what you wanted to do after you know after school. And yeah. she was like, "What are you going to do? You're going to do? I'm going to go to uni. You're going to work." And was like, "Oh, I'm not sure if I want to go to uni." And she's like, "Brookie, what are you doing?" You're like. Oh, I'm going to Sydney for the rugby sevens, and she's like, "What?" I was like, "You just dropped that on me." Like, I was like, "Has there been any conversations?" So, how did that come about? Like, obviously, like super humble. You're obviously yeah. not telling. You're not telling everyone. But how, how like, did, sorry, girls, I'm out. How did that come about? Um, I think so. When I was in my final year of high school, rugby sevens started kicking off. So there are a few rugby sevens tournaments. Um, was able to play for the state, so I made the Queensland team. Actually, made the Queensland B team for okay. for rugby sevens. Yeah. So I was like, okay, sweet. Yeah. Um, went and played a, a rugby sevens tournament at TSS mm. against like New South Wales, like all those other states, and then was fortunate enough to make like the Aussie youth team from that, which was which was awesome. And then later on, twenty thirteen, I think it was, we played in like Youth Olympic Festival, mm. which yeah. was hosted in Sydney. Sick. Um. So yeah, that's that's what really kicks out of the conversations in terms of in terms of professionalism, and yeah. I was able to realize like, okay, this is actually achievable. Yeah. Um, so we won that tournament, and then from there, I was able to secure a full time contract with the Aussie Rugby Sevens team, yeah. which was just like so wild. Yeah. I did not think that I'd be able to have sport as a full time job. Yeah. Like being a female at that time, it just was so rare, like, to be able to be a full-time professional athlete. And that lets you train full-time. So it yeah. obviously lets you, like, in the gym, like, yeah. you, the professionalism, like, you probably would have had the, like, physios and support yeah. squad around you, yeah? Yeah, so we had, a, I kind of, we, we might have had a squad of 20 yeah. at the time. And, yeah, full-time based out in Sydney, Narrabeen. Um, we're on, like, 30K cron- contracts yeah. full-time. So it was a bit it was a bit tough in terms of, like, living on the northern beaches, rent, what rent was, and sort of just, yeah, digging into your, your back pockets, your savings, yeah. that sort of stuff. But it was absolutely worth it, like, mm-hmm. being able to be a full-time program in terms of, like, yeah, just learning about how professionalism works, like training four or five times a week, balancing that with just recovery mm-hmm. and having full support staff of, all of that was incredible. What was your biggest takeaway coming from high school into a professional system? Was there anything that stood out to you that you were like, oh, actually, I need to dial in on this? Or I was like, oh, that's actually a really great learning, like yeah. in terms of recovery, diet, working yeah. hard. Is there anything that stood out to you in that time? Yeah, probably like like prehab, like injury prevention, and yeah. then recovery was a massive one because I, I – was young, like I just bounced back from everything yeah. when I was younger. Like I did my first ACL when I was 15 and I did my second one when I was 17. Really? Yeah, so I was just like, as soon as I got, got to Sydney for that full-time program, I was just like, I actually need to look after my body because this is not guaranteed forever. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, just like try to dial in on prehab and like re- uh, recovery and, yeah, just was just so exhausted. It was such a shift from like local footy or like yeah. from like, 
even like the the representative footy in terms of like Queensland and stuff, it was just a massive shift. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like this ain't easy. Yeah. But it's gonna be worth it. But yeah. anything that's hard is worthwhile. Yeah. yeah. Like exactly. that's that's the same with anything. I, I knew you did you've done three three ACLs? Two, just, two. Just, just the one two. Each. One, each. one yeah, each. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta I, keep it even. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Now, now you're flying. <laughs> but that was um that was, you know, when you first kicked off. And so yeah. obviously like the injury prevention, like it's obviously kicked on like you've got something that you've held on to for most of your career yeah 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 i've tried to i've tried to Star. just yeah I've tried, I've tried to dial in on yeah. on rehab and recovery and stuff like that but yeah i am a little bit like injury prone yeah in that regard i'm not too sure why but just like yeah i i've, I've got to if i want to stay playing like elite level sport then to. yeah you've just got to make those sort of sacrifices hey, which hey, i've you, been able to learn through experience and you and cool. you learn you yeah. learn hey like you and me both like very yeah. injury prone as well <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean like and and that that prevention piece like it's so huge and probably something that i didn't even really realize coming into professional yeah. sport like you see the older guys like you like i don't know about you but when i came into professional sport um I would look at the guys and they would always be in training early. They would always be doing like their banded work, yep. whether it's with their shoulders, their knee, they'd be in the gym out, they'd be the first ones there. Yeah. And those were the guys who went on and played 150, yeah. 200, 300 yeah. games. And yeah. I was like, because, and now looking back, I can see the Makes difference sense. very clearly. Like these are the guys and like doing their recovery, they're doing their ice bar, yep. saunas, like, like eat nutrition, yeah. eating good quality yep. food. I was like, those are the guys, and you can see the difference. Those are the guys who go on and kick because yep. they've done all the foundation stuff. 100%. Whereas when I was like 18, 19, I was like, oh, I just want to be the fittest and yeah. toughest and strongest yeah. guy. I'm just going to lift weights and yeah. run, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, but, yeah, that's but that's that's just the way it is and, yeah. and, and it helps. Yeah, absolutely. But that female, um, the female piece, like the female athlete piece is so cool. I think about um, – when you were younger, there was no one really to look up to. And now, have exactly. a look at it now. Like exactly. You've, you've got, and especially we were talking about it beforehand, like uh, how the AFLW are doing such a good job at leaning into players' personalities yep. and the marketing and the social media aspect yep. of it. Because they're like, they're role models. Like you're a role model for so many young crew coming through now. How does that feel? Like That's going to be so I'm, cool. That's wild. It's honestly wild. Like as you said, growing up, like my idols were people like, I don't even know, like Dan Carter, Union, or mm. like Stacey Jones, yeah. like Warriors. And I just like had, like you said, I had no female female um, idols to look up to. Mm. Like I had no really role models in, in terms of the, the the sporting space of sports I was interested in yeah. myself. And then now you've got, yeah, you've got these young girls who are like, fuck, that's like Millie Boyle. Yeah. Like you've got like... Yeah, all these young Yourself, girls. Yourself, Maddie Prespaskis, yeah, Tiana, got, Tiana Petitani. Yeah, Tiana Petitani, yeah, yeah. absolute G. Who we were talking like, about last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I was sending photos to you at the Leaders and League conference. Yeah. Shout out Tiana, she's a legend. Yeah, she is. Shout out Tiana. Miss you. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like it's crazy to think that females, young females are growing up now mm. and they actually have like achievable dreams in terms of professional pathways and they've got – idols who are like the same gender so they can understand yeah. that they can achieve those dreams as well. Yeah. Like it's incredible. I'm so glad that it's progressed so quickly. Yeah. And probably the last ten years. So I'm very, very excited when when I'm a when I'm an old lady, I can't <laughs> wait to sit down and just reflect on it being like this is it. This was, is cool. I, I was the OG. I was one of the OG rugby sevens because you were like you were yeah. the first year of it. Like that's so cool. Like yeah. I was I was I was I was thinking I was talking to Amber. I was talking to Amber about it. It's like She's like, it's like, Brooke, he's like an OG. 
I say she's one. Of, she's like she was one of the first. And like, but look how far it's come in the last ten years. And imagine what the next ten years yeah. are going to look like. Yeah, like it's going to be insane. It's wild. It's so cool. The tra- the trajectory of women's sports and where it's heading now is incredible. And I'm very excited to see like the upwards trajectory keep going. Like yeah. it's just it's such an untapped area. And yeah, it's. Fucking excited, man. It's wild. Yeah. You were talking about, um, you know, the the contracts were pretty small when it first started yep. out. Um, what were you doing in in your spare time? Were you were you studying? Were you working? What, yep. what, what, what did that look like? Yeah. Um, so I was studying full-time um, online. Really? I was, I was doing my Bachelor of Education wow. uh, when I first jumped into that program just because I knew, like, I'm – I knew this couldn't last forever. Like I need to have another option if this doesn't work out, mm. uh, that sort of stuff. And, yeah, I had some really awesome teachers at Keeper Park, not mm. Palm Beach, at Keeper Park, <laughs> yeah. Um, who just, yeah, like they love their job and like they were sort of like almost role models in, in that sort of space. And, and yeah, I was just like, oh, I just want to be, I want to be like you guys in terms of like being able to connect to the youth and like being able to educate them to make better choices and, that physical activity aspect of it, I was like, that would be pretty cool to fall, fall back on yeah. uh, if it doesn't work out. So, yeah, I completed that while I was uh, while I was in the full-time Rugby Sevens uh, program. I don't know how I did it, but I, I did it. I know. Either. I look back at now, I was like, damn, I think I was a little bit different back then. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, trying really? to do that now, no. Nah, really? No, nah, but yeah. How, how did you find that balance? Because you're tra- you're a full-time athlete, you know, yeah. you're, tra- like you're training at a full-time level and then also balancing – a full-time study schedule. Yeah. How how was that? Yeah, I think I was just quite fortunate that um, my university offered it online and all the lectures and shoots were recorded or mm. pre-recorded so I could just jump on whenever I could mm. uh, and just smash it out. So, yeah, I'd, I'd reckon I'd be up some pretty late nights yeah, really. just catching up on on lectures and, and shoots and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, re- I really relied on lecture slides, yeah, like yeah, gotcha. just a PDF version of it. At the very, at the very least, if you was that something that you would encourage young girls doing now? Because like I know with footy, especially in the male sector, that they're I don't know, like you can go into like a full time and get paid really well from as like a 17, 18 year yep. old. So I know a lot of guys who don't study, who don't work, who don't do anything. They're just like, oh, I'm going to be doing this forever. Yeah, and then you never know, like the the percent that make it is so small. Yeah, yep. um, I can kind of see that in the way the women's game is going now, where it's becoming more professional. Yeah. You know, goals are obviously some full-time, some are part-time or, or full-time, part-time wages. Yep. Is that something that you'd recommend to Absolutely. do? Yeah. Absolutely. I reckon, like, as you said, it's not going to last forever, so why not just prepare yourself while you have a bit of time too and you've probably got, like, support and funding from the PA in yep. order to do that so it's not as expensive. But also to get your mind off footy as well. Like, I think it's such an awesome balance being able to have something else other than it. Because mm. I often see people just like sitting in their thoughts and just like, like almost just like affecting their mental health a bit negative, negatively in terms of just being full footy. Like I think yeah. it's an awesome balancing act when you get it done in terms of being able to study or having something other than footy. Just a I don't know, just a bit of perspective. I, I agree. I yeah. agree with you wholeheartedly. I know that there's a conversation and a lot of people are thinking, nah, like I only want to have one plan A. Yeah. Like I don't want to have a plan nah. B because I don't want to take focus away from yeah. my plan A. Like if I'm going to be a professional AFL player, AFLW, NRL, NRLW, yeah. rugby, then that's going to be my whole thing. Yeah. And then, but I don't know, I sort of agree with you yeah. in the sense of like, 
nah, like that having something that I'm happy or enjoy away from footy yeah. actually helps my footy. Yeah. Like when I'm happy off the field, I'm way more Absolutely. likely to have positive success Absolutely. on the field. Like motivation, like 100%. drive, all of that just increases. And did you see that when you were going through it? Yeah. Like with your studies and, yeah. and training? Yeah. Yeah. I knew I had like another goal to tick off as well. So I was like staying accountable to like education and then also staying accountable to footy. But, yeah, I've, I've, I don't know. I think I would have just been like overthinking everything if I didn't have study. Really? Yeah, on the side I would have just been like, oh, did I train well? Like, Yeah, okay. Do I, do I fuck up? Like am I going to get selected? It was sort of like almost an out in terms of not being able to sit with those thoughts but also benefiting as a person in terms of my education and mm. and what was next for me. So, yeah, I'd absolutely recommend to to be doing something. It doesn't have to be full-time study. Like mm. I've got some of the younger girls now who are just in, in AFLW Essendon who are like doing one one subject a semester sure. and that's enough. Like but there's something there that they're continually working at. Like there's another goal that they can uh, start to tick off during footy or after mm. footy, but they've at least started those sort of like that sort of path. Mm. Yeah, I want to I want to roll into the, the AFLW piece because mm-hmm. you know you've, you had your time at rugby sevens, and then how did the AFLW come around? Because you did AFLW before going to the NRLW. Yeah. How did yeah. how did that start? How did that kick off? Yep. So um yeah um moved to AFLW once my contract at sevens ended. Mm. And at the time, they AFRW were sort of were, were sort of looking at cross coders. Uh, so I'm not too sure how it happened. I can't even remember. There was a list manager at Carlton uh, who was particularly interested in rugby sevens players, and and rugby sevens players who could like kick as well. So they sort of contacted me. They're like, "Look, like come down, come check it out." And it was it was really good timing because yeah, as I said, I just finished up with rugby sevens. And I went went down to Melbourne and I saw their facilities and I was just like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Like we're out in portables sharing with this manly sea eagles, <laughs> like to this massive facility, like like incredible, like college football style yeah. facility. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, this is wild. Yeah. Um, and they sort of just said, look, like you can, well, the way you traditionally get on AFL lists is through the draft. Mm. NRL doesn't have a draft, but it's sort of like, yeah rate you as a like your physical attributes all that sort of stuff anyway so there was like this little there's a way you can get on a list in terms of being a rookie yeah. so you can just you don't need to go through the draft or anything like that like the club has two spots that can offer rookies from other codes yeah. and you're just straight on the list so they offered that to me and I went I went back to Sydney and I was like what am I doing? I don't even know the sport. Like, yeah, really? like before I went there, I was like trying to watch clips so like I could be <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, have some homework. some idea of what this sport was because obviously on the Gold Coast, like league is the main platform of sport mm. there. I would say. Yep. Tell me if I'm wrong. No, no, no. no I like the Gold Coast Suns had just maybe started out, so it wasn't wasn't that big then. Yeah, so I just was like, why not try something new? Like, why not learn a new game? Like this sport is obviously successful because mm. Australians love it. Mm. Um, why not put myself in an uncomfortable environment and learn what this game is and just push myself? Mm. And it's probably one of the best choices I've ever made. Really? Yeah. Why? Big call. Why? Yeah. Big call. Why, why was it so cool? Well, I, I moved to a new city. Um, 
got to learn a, a new game. I, I just thrive when I'm learning, like when I'm learning like new things, new strategies, understanding, like vision, that sort of stuff. I'm just like, I just, I just, I'm in my zone. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. And like, because I'd grown, grown up with rugby my whole life, I still absolutely love the sport. Mm. Um, and league was probably more of my passion rather than rugby sevens, but there was nothing doing with league. So like grew up with rugby. I just like, nah, I'm like, I, I need something else now. Mm. Got just got to that point where I'm like, nah, I just I just need a bit of a change. So I bit the bullet and it paid off. I'm at Essendon now. Yeah. I'm thriving, loving Melbourne. Melbourne, I would say, is home now. I wild, oh, big so call wild to think about. Big hey, call, I know. You almost got me to move to Melbourne I at the know. end of last year. <laughs> I, we were so close. <laughs> oh, but that's so cool. Like, um, I remember us having the conversation. I was like, Brookie, I think I'm going to do it. Yeah. Like, um, oh, well, the, the smile on my face <laughs> when you said you were coming to well, Melbourne. Well, well like, um, they've got a really uh, university in Melbourne have like one of the best psychology yeah. programs yeah. like in the world. They're top one percent, um, from what I've been told, and that's like where I've gone down. Yep. And, and you know, fortunately, I got a really great job with the RLPA, true, Rugby true. League Players Association, on the that. Gold Coast. So I, so I had to, I, I got forced to go back to the Gold Coast, oh, so, no. <laughs> which, oh, I, no. <laughs> which no, I love. But like Melbourne's a great spot. I remember, I think I got gaslit because I came to Melbourne and then like I've coming to Melbourne for yeah. a, a fair bit um, with with work. And I remember coming to Melbourne, it was like the most beautiful days. Like the days were unbelievable. And then I remember I was catching up with you. We are going like we went and watched um, Carlton and Collywood yeah. play and we're in the yeah. sheds with a few of the boys. We got a heap of mates down here. And I was like, I think I could live down here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's beautiful. It's a beautiful – it's you a hub it. sport. Like it's all happening. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I can see you – just thriving in Melbourne, yeah. yeah, and even like all the girls that you've met, like, yeah. you, like your your like your little crew yeah. at Essendon is sick, yeah, absolutely. Because like, who are the girls that you're knocking around with usually? Um, so like got like Bonnie Too Good, yeah. like Maddie Prasparkas, Cody Jarks. Um, there's heaps of them, like all thirty of them. Yeah. Sorry, twenty nine. I include myself in that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all twenty nine of them are just absolute awesome humans, mm. and I feel like. Friends through sport just hit a bit different. Yeah. Don't you reckon? hundred percent. Like, I don't know what it is, but like sport friends are just like, they get it. Like they've got the same mentality as you, same interests. It just, yeah, I feel like those friends that, Friendships are, are very special. It's and it's like it'd be those friendships where you won't see each other for like a couple of months, or you can go away for a couple of years and then you see yeah. each other, and it's like exactly the same. Yeah. I don't know what it is about sport or training with someone every day. I think it's I think it's a combination of doing something hard with mm. someone, I think that builds a bond, but yeah. then also like reaching for a common goal. Yeah, like in, absolutely. Like winning a premiership. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, sport friends we hit love. different. We, we is love. there – and because obviously like I imagine like footy's a roller coaster, yeah, like mm. it's not all sunshine no, and rainbows. And I, I know I know that it can be um, a bit of a roller coaster. Are these the girls – and I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but are these the girls that you lean on in terms of like – struggles or is there family? Like who do you lean on when shit hits the fan? Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, definitely that little crew I mentioned before at Essendon. Um, But then, yeah, as I've grown older, I've I've been able to to understand and sort of express myself a little bit more towards my family or with my family, Um, which has been, yeah, it's it's been an incredible growth of mine um, in terms of, yeah, how I was growing up, like, the way I was sort of brought up and mm. stuff like that. So, yeah, I've learned learned to really lean on my closest and then my family, which mm. has been, yeah, which has been awesome to 
be able to reflect on that compared to where I was when yeah. I was I was I was a bit younger. And that and that's and that's a new thing. I mean, we've, we've had conversations offline as well. But you just got back from New Zealand. Yes. How, how was that? Oh, it was incredible. What did you do? Give me it was incredible. Yeah. So you um, have festivals. You're running around. Know, you're doing the whole I thing. Know. I was like, I'm jealous. I was like, I get know. me over there. It was wild. I was there for three weeks. Uh, yeah, spent a lot of time with some family and friends and. Yeah, I, f- I feel like because I'm um, from New Zealand, I just like have a mad connection to the land there, mm. which has been pretty pretty special to understand. Growing up, I don't think I appreciated it as much as what I do now. Yeah. So being able to be there with family, um, got to go to a festival with my two older siblings. Ended up babysitting them. Oh, really? <laughs> like yeah, yeah. me babysitting yeah, them. Yeah, what? yeah, I wouldn't expect that. I know, yeah. I know. But, nah, it was it was just such a special time and – I guess it just made me think of when I'm when I'm probably a little bit older. I reckon yeah. I'd, I'll head back to the motherland and yeah. and park up somewhere yeah, really. nice in the forest or something like that. Oh, yeah, I love yeah. that. And like the New Zealand countryside is so beautiful. Yeah. North Island, South Island, South Island. So, yeah, so, yeah. Where, where, yeah. Where, where, where's home for you? Christchurch. Christchurch. Yeah. Beautiful. I know. Oh, that's so beautiful. I, I did. I um I went over to um New Zealand, South Island a couple of years ago for we had a a buy for one weekend yeah. and the club gave us a week off. And I was like, we never How get a week can. off. So I flew into Christchurch, yep. um, got a little van and just made my way down south. Um, that sc- drive? That nice. drive is like, it's so mm. green. Yeah. Everything's so green. Everything's so fresh. Yeah. I was skydiving. I had my skydiving hey. license back then. So I was like skydiving. Like, Who was he? I, was rowing, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I got the club to, yeah, I got the club to pass that. Pass that through. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, wild, very different conversation for another time. <laughs> um, but we did all this stuff, went into Queenstown, and it's such a beautiful area. Yeah. I can see why you'd want to go back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's fucking stunning, man. Um, but you talked about uh, the connection to your culture and the connection and the conversations that you had with your parents and how, I guess, it's evolved or you've got closer to it as yeah. you grow up. Yeah. What was it like? Growing up, like what what was it like having those conversations? Could you have conversations? Like what 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 did that dynamic look like? Yeah, um, yeah. So growing up in a multi family, um, I don't know what it is, but it's sort of like we don't really express ourselves too much because we want to uphold almost the the perception of being strong and and being able to get through whatever without burdening anyone else. So my dad, when he was younger, he bounced around foster homes with his his siblings. Mm. So I guess he just didn't have any adult figures who he could sort of rely on. So he tended to internalize everything. And as a as a young as as a young kid, I was able to understand that that okay, dad doesn't really express his emotions that well, um, just because of what he's been through and trying to be strong and and, and within our multi culture and our multi family, um, just had this sort of aspect of just hardening up and yeah, being sort of tough. Get on with it. Yeah. Like you, you want to be strong without burdening yeah. others maybe, I yeah, imagine. exactly, yeah. exactly. So, yeah, as I, as I was growing up, I sort of um, unintentionally probably caught caught those sort of th- those habits in terms of like if I was going through something, it would just be like harden up, Brooke. Like get through it. Don't burden anyone. Mm. You got this. Like mm. you're strong. That sort of vibe. And that probably carried with me um, – in my in my career, uh, when I was sort of like eighteen, nineteen, twenty, yeah. that 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 sort of era, when I was going through like maybe like non-selection or going through like injury, and I just wasn't able to mm. like probably feel vulnerable enough to open up to my friends and families. I mm. sort of just wanted to uphold the the values of being a strong Maori woman, mm. like what I've learned through my family, and and that sort of vibe. So. 
yeah, that was um, now though. Now, as you as I said before, um, I'm able to like express myself a bit more. And my dad, he's like the how's sweetest. Your, how's your old boy now? He's just like he's the most emotional man <laughs> now. <laughs> Is he really? I know he's done a full 360. I think he's a bit like me, and he's been able to reflect on how he was brought up within like our mm. Maori family and being strong and not burning and burdening anyone. And it was actually. It was actually not too long ago when my dad um, sent me some of his, like, notes from when he was bouncing around in foster care. Like, 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 written, like written notes from, like, the child psychologist at the time. and like, He still has them. Yeah. He, wow. Yeah, he still has them. Um, and just, like, notes about, like, the people who were running sort of the foster homes and that sort of stuff. So yeah. he, he actually opened up to me not too long ago being like, oh, I just want you to understand, like, this is why I'm the way I... I was when I was a young father because, like, I've been through this and he showed me that sort of stuff and he really expressed himself. So it's, like, it's really awesome to see that sort of shift in him Mm. because he's able to understand what he's been through and what it means and, like, he's, like, I just wish I could change it when I was back then to express myself a bit more. Mm. But, like, I'm so proud of, like, how, how he's, like, developed that and understand and, and understood that over the time. Like, it's pretty incredible and... I think that that that's what needs to happen a bit more in New Zealand, probably with our our culture, because mm. um, yeah, Maori people are, th- are three times more likely to um, take their own lives compared to non-Maori people. Really? So it's like a really yeah, it's a really it's a really alarming statistic, I guess, in that regard. And like I've been through a couple, I've I've had two cousins who have who have taken their life, like male cousins. Um, in that age group from of like eleven to twenty five, so yeah, it's it's really unfortunate um, the way probably we've grown up in terms of not being able to express ourselves as Maori people because we want to be perceived as strong and yep. we want to have that mentality of not burdening anyone. But yeah, it, it, it's a really alarming and sad statistic, and um, yeah, I think about it quite often just how. Like our family's been through, like we've lost two, two cousins because of that. So I think that almost was like a realization of that we need to start expressing mm-hmm. ourselves within our immediate family and the rest of our family as well. Just like being open to being vulnerable because at the end of the day, like you should be able to confide in the closest ones mm-hmm. to you, regardless of feeling like you're burdening anyone and that sort of stuff. So yeah. Brookie, thanks so much for sharing that. That's um, so that's um, that's so impressive, and it's so nice to hear that, and and a full learning piece as well. Because to be honest, I I didn't know that. Like yeah. I I can I you know grew up in Narang, yeah. <laughs> um, where Amber's from, and um, heavily Polynesian based as yeah. well. And and I guess looking back on it now, I can kind of see that. Yeah, yeah I can kind of see the the get on with it mentality, the not talk about it mentality, yeah. and it's so nice and so refreshing to hear that you and your dad are now having those conversations yeah. all those years later and for you I guess to come on a, a a long form podcast like this and talk about what it was like for you growing yeah. up and what it's like what it's going to be like going forward like it's so cool like oh, I, thank you. I, like honestly I got so much I got so much love and respect for you for doing that and and also like um I guess yeah like the con- the conversation of it's actually not a weakness talking about yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Like it's not. Like if anything, it brings you closer together. Like yeah. how's the relationship with you and your dad now? Oh, he's 
he's he's the fucking man. Yeah. He's the man. Yeah. Like just being able to like he was a young father, like bounced through foster homes. Like some of the notes were like he's got no hope. Like he's gonna end up in the system. That sort of stuff. So being able to sit and reflect on what he's done for us, wild. Wow. Yeah. So it's cool. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're right. Uh, yeah. Do you want five? Oh, no, nah, we're good. You're we're good. good. We're yeah. good. We're good. No, it, it it is really cool. What what are the um what are the some of the takeaways that you that I guess you're gonna take into your family life and your yeah. friend life? Like what what is that gonna look like? Yeah. Um probably just knowing that like anyone around me doesn't have to always be strong. Like you can be vulnerable. I can be vulnerable. Like we can have hard conversations, like just being able to be open with how you're feeling, I think, is what I would love to take into my future family and within my friend group, just making people feel comfortable enough to have those sorts of conversations. Mm. Like, because it's just, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, yeah. Do you think it's a learnt skill? Do you reckon? I, th- I think so. I think it is. Like, yeah. I, I and, tell, and I'd like to hear your, your opinion, but, like, growing up when I was 17, I couldn't talk to anyone. Yeah. Like, I lost one of my really good friends to suicide as well and yeah. and suppressed it, like, didn't go to the funeral, yeah. um, didn't speak to his mum for, like, eight years. Yeah. Like, only just connected with her. It was, like, too her. tough to deal with. Yeah, you I was 17. I didn't know yeah. how to, I didn't know how to um, talk about it. Yeah. I, I honestly, I had no idea. And I put it in a box. I spoke to mum and dad earlier this year about it because, obviously, I was talking about the story with Keegan and Company starting yeah. and go on other people's podcasts and they're like, well, why'd you get into mental health? And I was like, well, I lost one of my really good friends yeah. to suicide. I didn't want to lose any more. Yeah. Um, and even talking to mom about it, she's like, I didn't want to talk to you because I didn't want to make you upset. Yeah. Um, knowing that you were yeah, like, knowing that, going through but, that. But in reality, I would have loved to, sp- to speak about them. Yeah. And even, you know, we've had some really great conversations with, you know, people and mates over the years, even like starting the podcast, it's like, Talking about your cousins um, who you've lost, like, and I guess like celebrating their name and and not rem- and not forgetting their name. Yeah. Like when when we lost Regan, um, I, I spoke about uh, I spoke about him for the first time. I think it was like mid last year. Yeah. And um, and I was a bit. It was the first time I spoke about it publicly. Yeah. Um, and and I didn't know how to navigate the conversation. I got a bit upset and 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 um because I just hadn't done it before. Yeah. And then his mum rang me. And was just like, uh, oh, no, his mum messaged me and was just like, and I hadn't spoken to him in eight years, yeah. and was like, thank you so much for, like, keeping oh. Regan's story alive. And I was like, fuck, that's so, like, I didn't even think about that. And then um, got on the phone and started talking to her. I was like, sorry, do you mind if I call you? And she's like, yeah, yeah of course. And this first time in eight years properly. Yeah. And she's just like, the best thing, like, the biggest concern was that um, we would lose, like, Regan's name and we'd, we'd forget yeah. about them. Yeah. And um, she's like, don't you ever stop telling like, yeah. that story. Don't ever like stop talking about it. Yeah. And like, and it's so cool to see you come on. And I remember when we were talking the last couple of days and you're like, I really, like, I'd love to talk about um, the Maldi piece and, yeah. and how I guess it can be uh, a bit of a pressure, yeah. a pressure piece for, yeah. for young male and, and yeah. females going through like and talking about it's huge. Yeah. Like it would help so much. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I hope that like there's some young Māori athletes out there who are like that's what my family's like and just be able to understand that it's actually just okay to just not have to be strong all the time. Like mm. it's okay to just open up to mum and dad or 
your siblings, like it's actually okay to do that yeah. instead of feeling like you've got to uphold that perception of being strong and tough and hardening up. Like it's all right to just sit down and just like have a cry. Like it's all good. Yeah. Like what what would you say to those um, those family members who I guess like don't feel like they could speak mm. to their mum and dad or their family members? They might still be in that old school yeah. mentality. Like is there any advice that you'd give to them? Yeah, I would just say like your family loves you more than anything mm. and because of that you should be able to be vulnerable with them and feel comfortable no matter what you're going through to just be able to sit and have a chat, have a couple with mum, yeah. like kick the footy with dad, yeah. like being like dad, like I'm struggling. Yeah. Like as a, if I put myself in that position as a parent, like there'd be nothing more than I would want than my kid to be able to be open with me. So mm. hopefully, yeah, hopefully that that starts to shift a little mm. bit more in our culture anyway. And within our family, um, so that yeah, we can just all all support each other and just get through all the tough times, but together. It's so nice, and I and again talking talking to Amber, and I was like, "What's your like? What are some couple fun things about Brookie?" And she's just like, "The thing about Brookie is that she's got so much love for her friends and family." Yeah, she's like, it's like. Brooke's a busy girl. Like she's like <laughs> she's a professional. Like she's a professional athlete. She's a full time teacher. Not only a teacher, but a sport coordinator at a school. Like, and we we're talking about this before. <laughs> but it's like um, the thing about Brookie is that she's still got time to pick up the phone and call. Yeah, that's and like yeah. you know, and like um, imagine like you do a lot of your calls in the car. Yeah, like going yeah. to like she's yeah. like Brookie will always call her mom. Like always call her <laughs> friends. But like the car's a great time to, to have these chats. Yeah. Yeah. Such a great time for the mental health car rides, I reckon. 100%. Like, get on the phone. Like, I was actually talking to Amber last week yeah. where we just yarned for, like, half a really, yeah. on the way home. Like, such a great time to just be able to connect, Yeah. Um. like, through the busy- busyness of life. Like, yeah. even you, like, we play a bit of phone tag, we but do. I'll always catch you 3.30 <laughs> while I'm driving home. I'm like, yes, let's go, Kings. I'll, I'll, I'll call you at, like, 12 o'clock in the midday. I'm like, I'm probably like, working. I'm like, sorry, what, I'm what? in class. I can't <laughs> answer. Yeah. But we, we, always, we always make it work. But I, I don't know. I think those phone, the car ride conversations are a great yeah. place because, like, what else are you doing? I know, I know. Yeah. I was, Such a great time. I was um, even, like... Um, um, I was having this conversation with, I think, Cooper Chapman. He's a performing professional surfer. He runs a, uh, a mental health workshops um, called yep. Good Human Factory, and, and it's really cool. And um, we are talking about conversations in saunas. Like we, yeah. did, we did a sauna the other day, and yeah. it was like, same thing. Like it's wild how deep of a conversation you can go with someone <laughs> when you're in a sauna. Like really? I don't know what it is. I think it's like, the – Like do you go deep in the normal in a I sauna? I don't know. It's called like a truth box. It's like a truth box. It's like say if you were in there, and it could be random. Yeah. It's like you'll just be in there, hey, how are you going? And then you start – I don't know if it's like because you're hot and yeah. like your, your heart's ele- elevated yeah. and maybe you're working hard like with this other random person yeah. or could be a friend it yeah. could be anyone and I don't know I just feel like it's um it just opens up Nico's the same Nico talks oh about the God. truth box I need, I need to do this go get a I sauna need to get into a truth box if, I reckon if there's like any sport sauna sponsors that want to yeah. come on and help Brookie and yeah, I like please please, please. Yeah, we'll I want to learn about the truth box yeah what? I don't know I like I said maybe I because you like both battling a little bit together so then it's like okay I think so yeah, I think so. But it's like anything, anything hard. It's like you training with the yeah. girls. Like, and then you, that, that forms like yeah. a closer relationship. Yeah. I, remember yeah. Ka- I remember Kalen um, Ponga, I had him on uh, mid last year and he was talking about like the vulnerability piece, like, yeah. to, like talking to his mates. Yeah. And what they did was they, um, at the start, I think oh, every Monday they would have like, they call it like the Triple H. Okay. Have you heard of this? No. It's like, um, 
hero, uh, who your hero was, um, your hardship, and there's another H, but I can't remember. Um, but it was pretty much like, yeah, who you look up to. It yeah. could be a dad, could be a role model, um, but also a hardship. Yeah. And he said, Kaylin was like, it's so cool to, I guess, know a little bit more about players, yeah. um, things that you wouldn't have otherwise yeah. known before. And yeah. it actually it actually allows them to be closer together yeah. and then force and then look at the success that they had at the end of last year. Absolutely. You know? So it's like it not only, yeah, brings you closer together, but like that's going to generate good yeah. results on the field. Exactly, exactly. And just being able to understand, like have a bit of empathy for oh, one another huge. based on what's happened in their life and just like having that extra time to be able to build those relationships as well yeah. because you know of that empathy yeah. or you know of their struggles huge. and yeah, like like every team, like the closer you are off the field, the better the results are going to be on the field. 100%. I reckon they've absolutely nailed that. That's awesome. <laughs> might, might steal that one. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. KP. Gonna steal that one. Yeah, I, and hey, take it back to Clubland. Yeah, it'd, be a, it'd be a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, 100%. There's another H in there. But I just can't remember what we'll, it was. We'll figure out what it is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go, he talked about it. It's, there's a clip there. Um, but, Brookie, like going forward, what what are you looking forward to? Like you've obviously got the season coming up. Like yep. what, are you, what what's exciting coming up for you? On um, or off the field? All right. We'll start with on the field. Going forward, I reckon uh, last year was our second year in the AFLW competition. So we got bought in quite late um, and we ended up making finals for the first time, which so is pretty incredible considering we're on our second year mm. of the competition. So I reckon going forward, hopefully this year, we're able to make a, a deeper run into finals, mm. like potentially like I don't know, grand final would be pretty nice. Yeah. But like, <laughs> Put it out there. Yeah. But we're like, we're going to clip this clip for when you're in the grand <laughs> final at the end of this year. Touch wood. Touch wood. That would be mad. So, yeah, hopefully just, yeah, making a deep run into the finals and just, like, continue, continuing to grow and develop as a group. Like, it's a young group. I'm a mature age now, so <laughs> wild. Also wild, but we'll talk about that another time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, just being able to, like, I feel like I've got, like, this role and responsibility in AFL or in sport now where I'm, like, a little bit older. So just making sure like the younger ones are okay and they feel supported and they mm. feel heard and that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's probably like wild to transition into that role now mm. considering like I've always been like the younger one on the list all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to that aspect of it and probably just like growing my leadership in terms of yeah. that and yeah, yeah. being able to share my experiences through um, – my sports, including badminton. Like. <laughs> Are you bringing that into the <laughs> AFLW? That in, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's probably what's happening on-field. And then off-field, um, I'm at a, a school out west called the Grange Peter 12 College. Mm. Um, we've got a sports academy and a lot, lots of our students are um, Pacifica, so mm. either like Māori or Samoan, Tongan. We've mm. got really strong like rugby academy uh union league so I'm able to still be involved within that sport which I love which yeah. has been awesome and yeah. yeah I think I'll just like continue like coaching the rugby especially the girls program and yeah. then just yeah continue like developing as a leader um at that school too so yeah I've got lots of little goals that I want to keep striving for which keeps me on my toes yeah. my favorite thing that I've got out of this conversation is that like you're always learning yeah that's so How like learning oh my god it's yeah. like and but for like doing it forever. Like I remember having, um, I've had conversations with guys who are double my age, like, yeah. like, for, like, you know, 50, 60. And they're like, 
you would think that it's like, oh, nah, like I'm ready to settle down. Like I'm trying to like take the foot off the accelerator a little bit. Like, nah, nah. like I've got another 10, 20, 30 years of learning. Yeah. Left. Like, and like not just in sport, yeah. but also in like business, in life, yeah. in relationships. Yeah. Like that learning piece is so cool. And then like when you were talking about um, rugby going into AFLW, she's like, you're like, I just want to learn. Like, yeah. I want to learn this. But I was like, that's so I cool. Oh, it's Oh. What is it about it though? Like I think because I don't know, it's not everyone. Not everyone yeah. has that in them. Like yeah. I don't know. What is it for you? Like yeah, I don't know. Me and my relationship with learning wild. Yeah. I don't know why. I just like, like I just feel like like this is gonna sound cliche, but like knowledge is power. So being able to learn as much as you can is just gonna impact you positively in yeah. life. And I've always I've always had that mentality. I think I've just had like some really awesome teachers throughout throughout my life who have mm. been able to instill that in me and I've kept with it and I've seen been able to like reap the rewards of it as well in yeah. terms of like finishing my bachelor, being a teacher, sport, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. But then like, yeah, you've like finished your bachelor, you yeah. know, you go on and you've played three different, we didn't even touch on like playing NRLW as well, but like you've done, you've done all three codes, you've done your bachelor's, you're constantly learning. Now you're talking about learning more about leadership yeah. and all that's come to the point now where well, you can pass that on to the younger crew coming through. I know, through. I know. And that's what I'm most looking forward to, just like being, like we said before, like an a awesome role model for these younger kids coming through mm. and being able, able to sort of support them and shape their journey. Yeah. I think it just like, uh, I, don't, I don't know what it is, but it just hits different being able to have a hand in someone else's journey yeah. instead of like, worrying about your own, mm. I feel like you just get a bit more out of yeah. being able to help people on their way and help shape them. Like yeah. that's just like something I've always loved to do and I think that's why I sort of become a teacher as well. Yeah. 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 Well, and like and you probably look back to like when you were younger and all the people that helped you growing yeah. up, right, and it's like pay it forward. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Brookie, is there anything um, Is there anything that you that we miss or is there anything that you'd like to touch on before before we wrap things up? 48 minutes 48 of minutes. absolute goodness. <laughs> 48 minutes of absolute gold. But no, is there anything else that you'd like to touch on before roll, rolling out? Nah, I reckon, I reckon this is this has been incredible, Keeks. Like you're doing such an awesome job with what you've started and and the athletes you've been able to to talk to and, and the awareness you're spreading, like particularly with mental health, like you've done an incredible job. And I'm so thankful that you've had me on. Oh, uh, Brookie, uh, that's I got goosebumps. That's, hey. very, that's very kind. No, I'm 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 very pumped to have you on. Like when when I thought about doing the podcast, I thought about which were like I guess like my favorite athletes that I'd love to have on in every state, like Melbourne, Queensland, you know, like um, Gold Coast and Brisbane, every like everywhere around Australia. Um, and you you were one of the top ones in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, this one right here. I'm a favourite. Let's a favorite. go. All of your famous friends and I'm a favourite. Stop that. No, I was like, but like, because you're only like so like decorated in your own sport. But you're one of the fucking best people. You hey. know what I mean? Like, and so, and so I am, I am very, I am very grateful to have you on and like for you to come on and, and like tell your own story. Um, so I guess like be a little bit vulnerable and, and talk about, you know, Maybe what it was like growing up, a couple of oh tears as well, which is, it's just so great. So now I've, I've got a lot of love and respect for you and, and I'm so excited to see, you know, your your footy career and what happens after footy because you're going to be learning and you're going to be passing We're the knowledge down. So, Brookie, no, thank you so much. I'll um, I don't know what else to say, but thank hey, you. You're the best. You're the you're best. The best. Yeah. <laughs>